I have a theory. Uh-oh. We've had multiple quarterbacks on New York teams get hurt already, correct? That is correct. Mm-hmm. We've had Aaron Rodgers go down with the Achilles. We've had Daniel Jones go down with an ACL. We've had Tyrod Taylor go out. It was all set up it's for it. Tommy Mother. Vito to take the mantle as the rightful king of New York. Welcome back, everyone, to the Coconut Curry Podcast, a podcast we are officially almost done with our seventh semester of college. If you're new around here, we are three college students at the University of Pittsburgh just chatting about sports and hopefully offering some fresh new perspectives. Please like, comment, subscribe. We typically cover each game of the NFL, especially this time of year. We talk about sports as a whole. But we're a little bit later today because finals kind of got in the way of our recording schedule. So yeah. we're going to cover some big topics today. Like Easton Stick. No. E- Easton <laughs> Stick, just as a side note, is the the worst name I could imagine. Isn't that like For a- anybody that doesn't know, um, we were talking about the Chargers quarterback. Backup quarterback. Backup quarterback. Easton Stick is, in fact, a brand of hockey stick. Yep. Um, so Easton- have, we got, have we got an interview with it's his parents yet? Hat. It's also a baseball bat, yeah. What, like just like, like interviewing his parents, just like if, why did you name your kid Easton Stick? Yeah, why did you name your kid? Also, first of all, whose last name is Stick? Yeah, like, <laughs> but like you can't, you can only do so much about your last. Have name. Have we seen if he has parents yet? Is he an AI generated character? Oh my gosh, they were at SoFi the other day. They were. <laughs> oh gosh, it's the AI, it's taking our jobs. <laughs> Rats. His parents refused to reveal why they named him Easton Stick. Oh, shot. That's a real article. Yep. That's on USA Today. No. Oh, oh no. Oh, God. Anyway. Anyway, um, so we cover some big topics in sports, and we're going to start off today with the hottest subject in the sports world, which is an NBA topic for once. There we go. Draymond Green is officially suspended indefinitely for his role in hitting Yusuf Nurkic's face during the Warriors' 116-119 loss to the Suns. This happened on December 12th. I just want to know... For from your perspective, was this too harsh of a punishment for Draymond Green? I think he's had it coming for a long time now. Like, yeah, he's gotten minor punishments in the past, but um, yeah. After how many years has he been in the league? A long. This time. has got to be. He was. I mean, 2015 with Steph, mm-hmm. he was there, so he's probably like 2014. Like, yeah. I thought. Uh, I thought Pat Bev was the aggressive unk. Nah, that's Draymond. Well, Pat Bev is the aggressive unk that actually like comes to family events. Draymond yes. is the uncle that gets locked up that only is there every once in a while because he's in jail. Yeah, Dre's the unk that sits in the corner of the family gatherings. Just, you know, no one wants to talk to him. He's just there because it, he was forced to go. Yeah, I mean, like, the thing is, is like, you know, I, I know that sometimes people say like, oh, well, you should take the event at face value. You shouldn't take into account anything else that's happened, whatever. But this is like the 10th time that Draymond has done something like really stupid. This is the second time this year. Okay, so I think, let me try to get this correct. I think in the last 14 months, he has stomped on Sabonis' chest and he got a one-game suspension for that. And he probably deserved more, but it was a playoff series. So they were already multiple games in, so they weren't going to just cost the entire series. He choke hole, he put... Rudy Gobert in a chokehold. Like an actual full-on chokehold over something that didn't really... Dis- well, it did not concern him. did not concern yeah, him. Because Rudy Gobert wasn't the one involved. It was, he wasn't involved. It was a situation between Jalen McDaniels and Clay, Clay Thompson. Thompson. Rudy kind of got into separate. Then Draymond comes flying across the court. And just throws him in a chokehold out of nowhere. He gets five games for it. He's already missed five games this season yeah. for an unnecessary act. 
Then he had the Jordan Poole punching incident, which you could argue is not related to NBA games. But we all saw the footage of Jordan Poole trash talking Draymond Green, and then he he gets he does a jumping punch. He does a Superman punch, like as if it's not like Jordan Poole like squared up and they started fist fighting. Like it was just like he was like talking, and then he just throws a haymaker. Yes, like Like, what? No reason. Like what do you like? And then now there's this where I think apparently he said like, oh well, he was tugging on my jersey, and I was just trying to get him off. in what world? Yusef, first of all, number yeah. one, Yusef Nurkic is not a good defender. No. So at, at all to be like, oh, he's just getting really unphysical. I'm just trying to get around him is, is ludicrous. Yusef Nurkic is not a good I mean, Draymond Green's not a good offensive player or shot maker, creator. Yeah. But um, Yusef Nurkic is not a good defender. Number two, that was reasonable post-defense. Like post-defense yeah. is inherently like... They always like bang guys banging on you. Yeah, like, yeah. Like like, Classic elbows, Charles like, Barkley. Yeah. Like squeeze a lot more elbows in there. Yeah, people all the time, kind of get like whipped around with a flying I mean, elbow. Like, because of that. if you if you pull it up, like he's literally just has like his hand on Draymond's hip. He is playing post defense. Like, dude, it's basketball. Like, and you're in the NBA. Like, yeah, sorry, someone's gonna like just put is not even like none of the way of like oh they're gonna put their hands on you like they're gonna fight you like th- literally placing their hand on yep. you to make sure that they are a good distance away from you and that you can't get away too much like not even grabbing the jersey just literally hand on his side yeah and he just turns around and just throws like a haymaker yep. from hell like, and he comes or he whips around and he said he says in the, the press conference that he's trying to sell the foul by flying his arm out which i do believe that that he wanted to sell the foul but I do also believe that he was like, I can oh, sell the foul. I can sell the yeah, in the face. Like, well, I don't think he consciously thought that. I yeah. think the problem is he has like, and I'm not like putting a D, like I'm not de-emphasizing the role of mental health. Mm-hmm. I think he has a condition that he cannot control his anger and his impulses. Yeah. He like, I legitimately think at this point, he just like, it's very obvious. He just has anger issues. Yes. And like, it's not in the, even in the sense of like, oh, like, it, like this is like serious. Yeah. It's getting yeah, really serious no, at this like, point. Like, I think there's, I think a, bl- a big portion of the media is trying to be like, guys, Draymond Green has anger issues. Like, oh my gosh, ha ha, he can't control himself. Like, I'm like, no, this being is like, like yeah. very serious. Like, he probably needs to seek some type of help to help to control his impulses yeah. that are causing him to commit fouls that just otherwise don't make. Like, again, the Rudy Gobert thing, I think, makes it all the worse because he flew across the court to put someone in a chokehold that wasn't that was unnecessary like this, he was like breaking up the fight like yes. he was just trying to get in the middle of and it and the jordan pool incident these two yeah. incidents specifically like the demonta sabonis thing it was in the act uh sabonis was like pushing him around too um it was definitely a little bit extra but also like he was put in like a kind of an awkward position yeah above him i think the stomp was unnecessary even this play he's flinging his arms out you could make the argument but you have in with suspensions you have to consider the past behavior exactly you have and, to because I've seen evidence of him getting involved twice in, in physical violence in completely yeah. unnecessary ways, yeah. there's nothing that I believe. Like, why Why would I not believe Why would you this give is, him the benefit of the yes, doubt in this case? Exactly. Why am I giving Draymond Green the benefit of the doubt that he didn't kind of mean to completely clock Yusuf Nurkic in the face with the back of his hand? Yeah. Like, and he wasn't even paying attention because Yusuf Nurkic wasn't like he was like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna bump him. I gotta be a little bit. He was looking at the ball. He was like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) he was was looking at the ball, like trying to see like where he was going. Just like had his hand on his hip, whatever, and then just gets a flying back fist. Yeah, and the the best part of it all is Yusef Nurkic's quote at the the podium where he goes, just goes, 
I don't know. That brother needs help. <laughs> because I think at that point, he's like, part of it obviously is like, you know, he's trying to like chirp Draymond. But part of me is like, he's probably being serious. No, yeah. he is. I think he's where he's like, serious. like, that's not like, this isn't normal behavior. Like, like he could have easily suffered an orbital fracture. Oh, yeah. 100%. That could have caused big damage. He could have yeah. suffered a concussion if it was a little bit yeah. up higher. He could have not. He easily, like, with how big Draymond Green is. Throwing one of those, I don't care who you are, you could just get well, knocked think, out. If you said Nurkic is a little different angle, you might hit him on the back of the head, right by yeah, Sarah Bell. Wrap like, around back in the back, like, which is not where hit him on the temple, yeah. too. Like, there's like a very no- numerous number of the ways that this situation ends up a lot way worse. worse for Yusuf Nurkic. And I think he's just stunned. He's like, I've never seen anything where yeah. somebody is so out of control. Yeah, it's, I mean, I completely agree with you. Like, they need to take into account that, like, with Draymond's past history, like he needs to take a step away from basketball, like and legitimately think about this because he, you can't, as a league, you can't have one of your best players be like with Steph Curry, be next to this like guy who's just like for some reason just beating the crap out of people for it seems like for no reason. Like you can't have that. Be associated a with your league, b with one of your best players. Yeah, and I, I like that point a lot because Steph Curry is going to go down as a top ten player of all time, likely higher. And his end of his years, it's just going to be the this weird is like, tarnished a little yeah. bit by. There's a lot of other situations going on with the Warriors right now, which is a topic for another day in their but, play. Yeah. But at the core right now is we're talking about the Warriors in context, not of Steph Curry having another great year yeah. and being a top 10 player of all time. Like we are with the Lakers. Yep. We are talking about Draymond green getting suspended indefinitely. Yeah. While Steph Curry is still in his prime yeah. taking names on the basketball court. Yeah. And it's, I think that's like the biggest shame of it all. It really we is. are the Warriors played 23 games this season. Draymond green has been kicked out of two suspended for five and he's going to suffer a lot more. So he's, missed over a quarter of his team's games because he's been kicked out of them or suspended yeah. and he's going to miss a larger portion. Yeah. And that's just not what you want to see on the court. And he also, this off season signed a four year, a hundred million dollar contract extension. Jesus. And so this is the first year that he's three more years and the last year's a player option. And I don't think Draymond green in three more years is getting $20 million. So he's going to be a warrior for three more years. Is there a way that you can avoid that if he's suspended? I don't because he's not suspended from the team. I, okay, so I think, I think if he's suspended for a larger period of time, they get cap relief. In oh, sense. Okay, okay, okay. But for the year, so it would almost be I, so they still pay him, but yeah. then like it doesn't hit. Yeah, the so cap. some cap okay. nerd probably know, but I don't think Joe Lacob, who's the president for uh, the owner of um, is Joe Lacob? I think Joe Lacob owns yeah. the Warriors. Um, he will not have to pay Draymond Green's contract. Yeah. But it might still go against their cap, so they're not able to build. Like they're not able yeah. to get another guy on. Mm-hmm. And this 100% means the Warriors are never going to be able to trade him. No, nope. he has no trade because I don't think anybody thinks bringing Draymond Green into their locker yeah, it's room is really going to help. Yeah, like some people thought putting him on the Pistons this year, which we'll talk about in a little Jesus bit, um, would have been beneficial to help motivate the young guys. Whatever the Pistons are thrilled right now. That Imagine Draymond it. Green with that horrible team; they probably wouldn't win a game. No, they wouldn't win a game, and it would be extremely toxic. Like he'd be oh, throwing yeah. punches. Yeah, at he'd, teammates he would have. Yeah, he would have already. He, I think probably by week three, he would have knocked out a teammate, bare minimum, like yep. straight up. Mm-hmm. He's one of the best players in the league on his team, and he's acting a fool yeah. every game. Yep, and it's a shame. It really is. Um, so I'm hoping some time off gives him help. I was a little bit hoping that. 
the league would put a minimum on the amount of games because this kind of situation that happened with Ja, where he got a bunch of games and he might have gotten suspended for a certain number of games, but they were like, he's going to go through this program to get help before he returns. And pretty much once they confirmed that he was seeing somebody and all that kind of stuff, he was good to go back on the court. And so I don't want this situation to be like Draymond Green sees someone for a little bit, five games gets later, back on the court and, and gets just, back on the yeah. court. Like I wish they would have been come down with a little bit more of a 10 games minimum, but it's indefinite upon these, these set standards. Yeah. And so it's a news story that you do not want to see because yeah. it's really bad for the league, it really is. but also really good for the NBA in a time where the NFL is kind of it taking takes over, right over headlines. Yeah. yeah. It really does dominate headlines because the NFL has recently been absolutely dominating all national headlines and like news sources. But this, yeah, in a, in a kind of an ass backwards <laughs> kind of way is good for the yeah. league because it puts out more publicity. And we're going to cover a couple more topics. Like, these topics right now are really saving the NBA. I love the NBA script. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a comedy coming, show. I said this. It's coming yeah. through, and it's really it's, it's actually really great for someone who loves the NBA as much as I do that. Yeah. We have these little nuggets in 20, 25 games in the season right before the holidays, which is when yeah. people start to, to watch Switch more over. basketball. Yeah. So, um, Raj, any final word on the Draymond Green situation? Nah, he'll figure it out. Probably not. You know, <laughs> I still fully believe the NBA is scripted. I, I can promise you, I hope they have him return on a competitive game like if we look out if we branch out to the warriors schedule oh real god. quick oh my god dre triple double hammer it. <laughs> so, <laughs> hammer it so okay they just play the suns the one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen let's just say he comes back after 15 or 16 games off and they're at the bucks oh could you imagine yeah which is a national tv game right oh, nails the like, game winner is, i want to see him come back on a relevant standing because he could come oh back against God. the pistons in like 12 weeks i don't want to see that <laughs> raptors no pelicans would be cool but at, Dude. at the bucks to come back from a 15 <laughs> game suspension glass shatters I, I can oh my god it's draymond green <laughs> i can promise you that uh his last name's griffin um adrian griffin uh head coach for the bucks is gonna be like brooke lopez Giannis. kill him anything to do to get under his skin <laughs> I, if, you, if you suffer a wound if you yeah. hurt or if they call he calls you back oh it's fine i'll, I'll take responsibility for it but yeah. get under his skin because i get feel like under his i could skin. just see him coming back from 15 games and just kicking someone's <laughs> nuts and just getting suspended for the rest of, like i'm so like dog like Leave steven adams as far away from Draymond <laughs> green as possible Dre not even gonna use fists he's gonna just pull out a knife and say yeah. say that again no he's it's gonna be like during a timeout he's just gonna like walk up to the other team and just knock some random bench player out it's just gonna be like dude what the hell what was that for i didn't like the way he looked <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I would strongly recommend Draymond Green sit the next game versus the Suns. Oh I, my god, dude! Oh god! Like, right, this now, this now adds a, a, for a bad reason adds a yes. funny layer onto the NBA where exactly. people are going to be wondering when Draymond Green's next game is, wondering when the next <laughs> outlash is. Um, oh my! Oh, also, god. The, the other situation I didn't mention was last season he got too many technical fouls, so then he got suspended for a playoff game. Yeah. because he accumulated too many technical fouls, which again is just another level of. He can't control himself. Yeah, it's it's nuts. Um, moving on to another weird situation in the NBA. Last night, that being Wednesday night, um, Giannis played the Pacers and dropped sixty four points, which is awesome. It's awesome night. Uh, it's the Pacers and the Bucks have had two highest overs um, ever set in 
NBA history, and they've, it's happened both the first time they played, it was the highest over ever set, and then the second time they played, it was even higher um, because both teams are not playing good defense right now, but have really good offenses. Anyway, so Giannis had 64 points, but then there was a controversy with the game ball, which you don't hear often. I the game, game I've ball, never heard game of ball gate yeah. never, oh, never heard of come it. up yeah. to me. But so how it goes down is after the game, Giannis is kind of looking around for the ball, whatever. He can't find the game ball, and he's beefing on the court like messing around with coaches and players. He's screaming at Tyrese Halliburton, everything. Eventually, he just takes a beeline, like a straight sprint back to the Pacers locker room to look for this ball. And then all this fighting happened in the, in the hallway before the Pacers locker room. The GM of the Pacers was apparently there. He got took an elbow apparently from a player. Yeah. Also, why was the GM of the court? He was in the oh, hallway. locker room. Okay, but yeah, this yeah. is my Rick Carlisle had a press conference and he mentioned that his coach, his GM got elbowed. I was like, why was the GM there? There. Like, <laughs> like, why was he in a group of players who were beefing about the game? Like, Stay out of it. Yeah, like, like you're the like, GM. Not like he went down to the locker room to congratulate the Pacers. They lost. Yeah. They didn't win like a championship or anything. Yeah. So I don't know what he was doing there to begin with. I don't know. But anyway, so then the press conference where it gets great. So there's all this drama about the p- game ball, whatever. Giannis eventually gets a game ball, by the way. Oh, he got okay, okay. He, he got it. No, all right. He got a ball. We'll get into that. Oh, so no. Giannis goes into this press conference. And oh, wait, we'll start with there. Rick Hiles. Rick Carlisle said in his thing that they were giving the game ball to rookie um, Oscar Chibwe. Um, he his first NBA points ever scored um, oh, in a game. Tough. Now there is another aspect to this. He did score points in the in-season tournament final, but it's not counted as a regular oh. season basketball game. So while he did score in an NBA game before, it didn't count towards, towards, his regular, towards his regular season. season. So it's like his stats don't count. So this is another like dynamic onto the oh, part. So okay. Rick Carlisle says, we won the game ball for Oscar Chibwe, um, which first of all, it's great that he's getting this press attention because <laughs> no one knows who he is. Yeah. Um, and then so Giannis goes to the press conference and someone's asking him about it. He indicates that he didn't really care about getting the game ball after all the antics oh he did. Because he actually really... Wanted to give it to Dame, who passed Kyle Korver for fifth all time on the three point made list. I mean, that's like that's kind of that's valid, <laughs> but so what is happening? So bro? then he says, someone says, "So did you get the game ball?" He goes, "I got a ball, but it doesn't feel like the game ball." He's like, <laughs> "You know, usually like I played thirty five minutes tonight, I can feel the ball, and this yeah. is not this. I don't think this ball is the game ball." So he thinks. That but they the gave, him a, fake gave him a fake ball, probably like an alternate ball that wasn't oh used my. for the game. And they kept the one for Oscar What Chibwe. is happening? I'm telling you, the NBA is a scripted comedy. Like, you can't make this stuff up. Like, look. So what is their take on the situation? Okay, so. <laughs> I don't have a take. It's all scripted. Like, it's like watching a comedy show on ABC. Okay, look. If, if I am going to prioritize giving somebody the game ball. I'm going to go with Dame because fifth all time for threes is like a historic moment for the league versus for the rookie. That's like a him personal thing. But I also see the argument for giving the rookie the ball. I just looked up what Dame passed him on because I was like, I was pretty sure it was fifth, but I was like, crap, if it's not yeah. fifth, I'm going to look like a fool, but yeah, no, it's fifth. Okay, it's fifth overall. Yeah. yeah, like that's that's really, really big. But w- why wasn't there 
like why did the players just take the doesn't the league handle that kind of stuff where like they they keep all the balls like after and like if some historic moment happens like yeah so they i know deal with this i know somebody knows more so what like the protocol is for situations yeah, because like this happens in the nfl too where it's like oh this is a this is a player's first touchdown or like yeah oh this and obviously it's easier in the nfl because there's like a ton of footballs that yeah. get used throughout a game so it's a lot easier to do versus like a one ba- oh, there's one game ball mm-hmm. for basketball yeah um there are alternates that they can use in a case of an emergency but like it's one ball yep but like, why are why are we doing just a, like a pickup rules where it's like whoever has the ball last just keeps it and just runs yeah, away with and it? And so, I mean, I think some added context. This game was in Indiana, I believe, and I think that adds a little bit to it. But I just can't. I think this falls badly on Giannis. Which I really like Giannis. I think he's really good for the league. Um, he doesn't have many controversies, but in it's just this like case, weird. I think it looks bad on him yeah. just because. If you're Giannis, you should have the confidence that this is not the highest game you'll ever score. Sure, he broke the franchise record and everything for this yeah. game. But if I'm Giannis, I would say, when I play the Pacers again, I'm going to drop I'm, 70. I'm going to drop 70 yeah. at home and take the game ball. Yeah. And I'll do that. And like that will be my new career high. Yeah. That's number one. And number two, like the running after the game antics. But I also want to say for the Pacers organization, if they really didn't give Giannis the game ball, to give it to Oscar Chibwe after he already scored points during the in-season final, like... Come on. Like, like it's not a all, technicality. Like, come on. I know rookies don't always get the game ball for scoring their first NBA points because there are many games where there's two rookies playing who score their first points. Yeah. If you go into like almost any single, like, any young team. Tyrese Mack. Yeah. yeah. Any young team. Tyrese Maxey and another guy get drafted and yeah. they both score points during their game. Yeah. And I think if anyone gets it, it's, I agree that it's Dame. But then I'm confused why Giannis is acting a fool because Dame then would care more. But it doesn't yeah. seem like Dame cared that much. Yeah, well, because Dame's not that kind of guy to really care that much about like this kind of but thing. But then Giannis like. said that he didn't care about the ball for his own personal reasons. So if, you, if nobody said, cared. But then he indicated that he would have loved to give it to his mom. Well, oh, Wait, what? Here we go. This is just getting way too complicated That's, what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying, like, this is why I'm like saying like, <laughs> A little bit disappointed with how Giannis reacted yeah, because definitely. I think he's a little all over the place. He about, can't get his story straight. Yeah, like, it's like you either what want, is it? You either wanted the ball because you scored your career high. Yeah, and it sixty four is very significant. It's not like you scored twenty points your career high. Sixty four is going to put you top twenty so like all, the, highest scoring yeah. games of all time. Yeah, and so you can get respect for that. But his story is not straight, and. The, the way this became a whole entire like game ball gate is what I'm dubbing it. Yeah. Like it's just is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I I don't even. I'm so confused. I have by, no opinion. Yeah, I, I don't know who to believe. Like I I am so confused by this whole situation. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there should just be. You know what? Going forward, let's have more of a protocol for the game ball. Let's just try to have like an intermediate third party. Like I don't know a ref or somebody hold on to the game ball after the game. Um, yeah, I would say going forward, maybe this is something where the league goes, everyone, like, we discuss, at, at the end of the game, yeah. if, you, if you think that's significant, because again, of course, something probably happened when Dame passed Kyle Korver on the list. They played a video, I think, in the stadium. Yeah. Now I'm wondering if it was at, no, it was at Milwaukee. No, it was in Indiana. No, this game was in, at Milwaukee. Are you sure? Pretty confident, yeah. Uh, yeah, 
It was in, in Milwaukee, yeah. Oh. Wait, what? Wait, so the Pacers... Okay, wait, back up. No, that changes things now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I thought this was in Indiana. I thought this was in Indiana, too. Okay, back up. Hang on. Back up. So the, the, the Pacers, Pacers just took the ball. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my God. I still don't think that gives Giannis the right no. to act like that. But For the love of God, set an equipment manager in there. This is where, like, I don't... Under, like, so they played a video when Dame passed Kyle Korver. Kyle Korver congratulating Dame on the big screen. Yeah. So... Everybody in the stadium knew, knew that, that, that that's his ball. Like everyone also knew that Giannis had not only scored sixty-four points as his career high, but also passed their old franchise leader who had fifty-seven points. Yeah, and then they also probably knew that Oscar Chibwe had scored his first points as a rookie. I'm sure the bench was going crazy. Yeah. So how after the game, the ball, like one referee didn't say, "Give me the ball, and we'll figure out what we're doing with it." Yeah. Like how I, that wasn't. <laughs> a possible logical outcome to the point where the Pacers bench just ran off with it. Also, don't the refs get take the ball at the end anyway? Like where would it where else would it go? Like I bet someone I gotta see the end of the game, but like did someone dribble like the ball dribbled off and they were like they just run with Buddy it. Buddy healed here, take the ball, run to the locker room. Like I feel like I've seen players at the end of games like literally give the ball to the ref. Yeah they do. So like why didn't the refs say anything? I'm getting. I wonder if like Rick Carlisle got it from the refs. Was like, hey, this is the rookie's first points. Can we have the ball? But like, if you're a ref in the stadium, you're not just gonna be like, oh yeah, sure. After you just watched literally like a <laughs> dude pass somebody for fifth all time and three to go. Yeah, this kid that actually has scored points before, but technically these are his first points. Oh, yeah, give him the ball. the ball. Like, yeah, we got some uh, tape real, breakdown over here. Yeah, we got some real deep analysis here. So the three ref got the ball at the end. And then who goes up and takes? And then the coach goes, and then the coach of the Bucks goes, or whoever that is. Yeah, it's probably Rick Carlisle. Yeah, he goes up to the ref. Yeah. So, but how did it get out of his hands? Yeah, these refs got to be like, oh my god, and like that. That just can't happen. That's insane. Whatever. Did they not pay attention at all? Whatever. You knew exactly what was happening. Jesus um, Christ. Anyway, January first on the on New Year Day at eight p.m. Bucks versus Pacers. Oh Dude, god, I in, would in Milwaukee. I would pray to all that's holy that this just starts up a rivalry just because of this. <laughs> Because they're both like pretty solid. I mean, obviously the Bucks are really good. The Pacers are a pretty solid team too. So like, if they just like started going at it, because uh, oh, that game game's ball. only on League Pass too. So I I will be tuning in. They need to flex that game. Whatever it they got to flex that to prime time. Yeah, because um, that's gonna be interesting. People are gonna be pissed. And so this is gonna tie into our next topic: the in-season tournament. Yes. And the reason I wanted to bring it up is because specifically this whole situation does not happen without the in-season tournament. Yes. Because. The Pacers beat the Bucks yes. before the in-season tournament started. Mm-hmm. And then in the semifinals, the Pacers just outright beat the Bucks in a single elimination yep. game to advance to the finals. I can pro- This game was chippy from the beginning, the Pac- uh, Pacers game. Giannis got a flagrant one in the first quarter yeah. um, for elbowing, ty- or bumping Tyrese when it was unnecessary. Yeah. Um, this in-season tournament has made so many more small storylines. Yep. That's great. Pacers, Bucks. Pacers are like a meddling franchise over the years. Mm-hmm. There's no reason they would have a rivalry with the Bucks besides from being a Midwest in the same division yeah. team. And now all of a sudden, the NBA gets this little storyline about yes. them because of the in-season tournament. Mm-hmm. The next time the Pacers and the Lakers play, it's going to be like, oh, this is a rematch it's of the rematch in-season the tournament. tournament. Yep. The Pelicans and Lakers, the next storyline is going to be, especially if it goes in the playoffs. Remember that time the Lakers swamped New Orleans in the, yeah. in the semifinal, won by 40 points in yeah. the in-season tournament, and LeBron yeah. James was... Like, was the best the, player on the court. Yep. And Zion got called. like He likes to eat the table. Oh Remember that God. game? Yeah. It's going to add these storylines. So I think the in-season tournament as a whole oh, yeah. has been so positive 
for the NBA, and I wanted your thoughts on this. They just need to change the courts. Um, some of yeah. those courts are really good. They're some they're, of them. They're dreadful. Sorry, I, terrible. Yeah. I'm so out on the courts, and I yeah. think I think maybe Adam Silver's really smart. Yeah. I was going to talk about that a little mm-hmm. bit, but yeah. I'll get Rogers out of it. But Adam Silver's really smart. I bet he knew those courts would get so oh, much attention. media attention because they're bad. Yeah, they're and bad. and they're like really bold. And I think next year you'll start seeing some really unique designs come in yeah. because the in season tournament's already like it's marketing. It's success. It's yeah. marketing itself because. Yeah. People are blinded yeah. watching the game. Exactly. Of the exactly. Are. Yeah. I. I do. I do think as a whole, it was a. It was good. Um. This is the first time in a while I've seen this take on the internet. Um. A decent amount, but it's like the first time in a while that we've seen LeBron care about basketball in December, and it's like really cool to see that because, like, I mean, he's still literally like a top five player in the league at thirty nine, yeah. which is unreal, and yeah. seeing that like magic on the court in December is unheard of. And I, I just think it's like a really, it's a really good way to get players invested. And like, you know, 500,000, like obviously for these top tier players, isn't like the craziest thing in the world, but like think about for like the bench players that like, they don't so, make yeah, a ton. So there's two, the story came out, Lakers have two, two way guys and yeah. LeBron went to them before the game and said, I'm going to win this $500,000 for you guys. Yeah. Cause like, and that's huge for those so guys. It's, it's pretty much, I think a minimum salary in the NBA is like, a little so they're obviously these players on two ways are not poor by any means yeah but they are still people who are grinding their ass off to try to get an opportunity and lebron just went won them <coughs> a five hundred thousand dollar check like that's enough practically to, doubling their that's salary enough to retire like, their parents yeah to set up like some ge- like a little bit more i wouldn't call it generational wealth it was generational money for their children in exactly. the future yeah um if they're living in a place like los angeles just to live a little bit nicer like while they're that, on the grind and like with that like just like cash in hand like that could be life changing money. And 100%. Like, that it's it, I really think it's a it's been a really good like it's been a success. I think it's been a really good like they've done a really good job with it. And I think it's like good because it's like, you know, we're in that area where the NFL is kind of like, you know, taking over the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. So the NBA needed to do something to, you know, get more attention. And, you know, with some of the NFL games, people were like, Hey, I don't want to watch Easton Stick versus AOC play each other. That's a really good point. So, like, they'll probably tune into the NBA more now. So, yeah. I, it's great marketing by the NBA. They I, know people would hate the courts. Too. I still, yeah. yeah, I still don't know what to make of the timing of it. I think the in-season tournament still at an awkward time. It's like <laughs> if it was like if the finals were happening like now. Yeah, I, think I feel it would like be better. I feel like a little bit of a shift would have been better. I I agree with that. Or yeah. I know it would be close, but with Christmas and everything, I don't. Want, well, the problem is they don't want to collab their Christmas market. Yeah, so because they have the games. Yeah, I do get it, but it does add a ton of excitement. Um, by the way, the two-way contract's about five hundred fifty thousand dollars. So they're basically so, doubling their contract. Yeah, they're they're getting twice. They're getting paid a million for the year. Yeah, which on is that, which insane. is which is awesome for them. And I just I think it worked out really well. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's some things they could tinker. Um, the courts, I think they should change them, but I don't really think it's affecting. <laughs> no, nah, it's the not game. Really that big of a deal. I think they can make some a little bit more adjustments, make it a little bit more clear about. When the what, in-season tournament yeah. games are, and like what, like what it means, like really try to like push of like this is what's happening. Yeah, I think the single elimination is fascinating. You have to see LeBron I really James. Like, that, yeah. like the whole, some of the argument has been like what makes March Madness so fun is it's winner go home. You can yeah. see some upsets, right? What's we've never seen LeBron James play a college game. Yeah. And sometimes when you evaluate who's the best player ever, you go to the argument: if you could only pick one player for one for game. one game. Who do you pick? And, and LeBron James at 39 years old, almost 39. Yeah. Just went out there and said that that's why I'm the best player of all time because yeah. I dropped 40 on Zion's fat ass in the <laughs> semifinal. Yeah. I mean like he 
what is he what is lebron made out of like is this dude made out of vibranium carbon fiber like this dude is not real like he legitimately has not like he's gotten to the lakers and it seems like he has been the exact same player since he's gotten. The players. only problem he's had is he's gotten injured more, but he keeps coming back. From, it's not like he and, back he's, from, and it's the he's at the same caliber yep. every time. It's like how is this possible? This is about the first time that we've seen a fully healthy LeBron James in a playoff setting, mm-hmm. and he was the best player in the in-season, in-season tournament, and he won the MVP. Yeah, he pretty much told his players that they were going to win the in-season tournament for the money. Yeah, he went out there. He doesn't need the money. Yeah. They won it, and he just did exactly what he promised. Yeah. In a single elimination, it's absolutely like fascinating, and I think yeah. it, um, there's a lot of conversation if it adds to his legacy and his Michael Jordan hunt. <sighs> Michael Jordan fans will not let this add to his legacy. This I, is now, according to them, this in-season tournament is now Mickey Mouse. If yep. the Pacers were to win it, they would love it. Yep. <laughs> I think, I think he's already the goat. But I think yes. at 38 years old to go up against Zion Williams and Brandon Ingram, Tyrese, Tyrese Halliburton. They beat the Suns, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker in the first round. To go up against these guys in the playoffs at 38 years old in clearly, late November yeah. and just clearly and unequivocally be the best player in the entire tournament is that's impressive. Is like super impressive. And I think it just shows how long he's going to keep playing at this level for. He could at least play another two, three years. I watched that Pelicans game and was stunned yeah. at how much better he looked than everybody else. He did. He was running down the court, sprint playing engaged defense barking at anthony davis on switch like defensively it was and then he was watching lebron james when he beat boston in game six all those years ago just completely like sucked the air people it's like people the whole team played off of lebron's energy he lebron single-handedly made the the pelicans quit because he was just so much better than all of them yeah because his it's it's the combination of his game iq being able to be backed up with his physicality and the fact that he has legitimately gotten better at shooting throughout his career. Like at first he was like, you know, he was like pretty solid, like whatever, but like you see him now he'll pull up from 35 and just drain a three. It's like, dude, like if you see LeBron stop and do his stupid, like pump fake thing where he looks down <laughs> to the ground and then like does the whatever, everybody knows what I'm talking about. You've seen it before. It's the dumbest move ever, but it works every time. If he drains one of those, you are losing that game. Yeah. Like it doesn't, because if he's on, he is the best player on the court and there's nothing you can do to stop. Agreed. Yeah. It was, it was something at one point he ran a front, like he ran a, I forget what they call it, but pretty much the defenders posted up on him and you just kind of come across the key by the free throw line and just yeah. kind of run in front of them. And I watched him run this, just get the ball and just like do a little fade way off the glass and sink it. And I was just like, it's over. Like he, this dude is like running hard off ball yeah, and running down the court to dunk the ball. Like he, it's, he's unstoppable. Yeah. Or when he gets like his mid range going and it's like, he's sinking him. It's like, Oh, that's it. Like there's nothing you yep. can do. Cause if you're going to try to press him, he's going to go right around your dunk. If you just lean back, he's just going to hit a shot. Yep. Like, that's it. And then the next day, he celebrated that night. Next day, flies out to go watch his son play basketball, yeah. his first college basketball game. It's, yeah. I'm LeBron is the best salesperson, spokesperson, advocate of the NBA, and it's really awesome to see. Yeah. And I know there's thought there's um, things that he's going to buy the Vegas team when he retires mm-hmm. and he's really involved in that process. I, if I was the NBA, I would say we will not expand until you own the team because. I can guarantee you that LeBron James owning a team yep. is is going to be extremely good for the league for years to come. Just yep. because Adam Silver said, I want this in-season tournament. Some people are going to think it's goofy. I think it's a great idea. He was so bought in on the tournament and what Adam Silver was doing. and yep. said, I'm going to 
play hard. I'm going to show what you can see in this in-season tournament. He's made the in-season tournament because he's the the best advocate for the NBA. And he's doing that at 38 years old. You have all these other guys that are in the league. And people who are better than LeBron James, Giannis, Luka, Nikola Jokic, maybe even Steph Curry if you want to make the argument. like These players who are probably better than LeBron on an in-and-out basis who can't advocate and can't support the NBA in the way that he does. And he's been doing it since he entered the league in 2002. Yeah. And I don't want to hear any Jordan fans being like, stop beat writing him. I don't want to hear it. Ronnie had a chase down block. He did. Yeah, he did. Look at his pops. Yeah, he did. But I wanted to talk a little bit about the bad teams in the NBA. (laughs) Because if people are not aware, they're – the, the Pistons are currently on a quite a historic losing streak. They've lost 21 straight games. They are seven games away from setting the all-time losing record set by my Philadelphia 76ers when they went 10-72 and 72 during the 2014-2015 season. There you go. Um, and so the Pistons are now currently sitting at 2-22, and 22, which means they started 2-1, oh and one, and they've lost the last 21 games. And it doesn't look any better. They have the hardest strength of schedule remaining in the NBA based on the win percentages so far this year. But there's been a lot of talk about how bad the Pistons have been. People have forgotten that in the league right now, we have the 3-20 and 20 Wizards and also the 3-20 and 20 Spurs who have lost 18 straight games. And the the bottom tier of this league right now is so, is so bad. bad. Like that is, that's, I, I didn't realize that the Spurs were 3-20 and 20 until you, you, you just would, told me. Because I think the difference is with the Spurs, you have this Victor Rembignana, this awesome talent, and you're just like, who cares what they are? Like Victor's cool. He's he's gonna win a rookie of the year. Yeah. Well, he's not. Chet's playing really Chet's well. Chet's gonna too. win. Yeah. But um, he's playing. He's in the race. He's playing really well. So people are just like, who cares? The Spurs are three. And the Wizards are just 20. so irrelevant. So irrelevant. But also they do goofy things. Like they don't play a lick of defense. So all yeah. the games are high scoring. So people don't care yeah, as much. They're all high scoring, and also they're not on like a historic losing streak. Yes. So like they just won a random game every they once. They win in a while. every one in six games. So it doesn't really look that bad. Yeah. So it's just until you like actually look at what's happening, and you're like, oh my god, they are three and twenty. Yeah. I think I can actually make a very fair argument. The Pistons are better than the Wizards, but. They're all so bad, but my theory on this, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it, is okay. this shows why the NBA needs to expand. Because I can promise you, these teams would not be this bad if they actually they they wanted to. Because I think the talent level in the NBA is so high collectively that you have players on the Sixers, for example, who are now suddenly a deep team: Robert Covington, Nick Batum, Kelly Oubre. They're Jr. all just sitting on the bench. On the bench. Yeah. They're all sitting on the bench. I promise you, they would contribute to a winning environment on these teams. Yeah. They don't want to play for them. No. So these teams are playing against guys, other teams every single night who are just much better because the teams are so deep. Yeah. And I think they need to expand because you need to get some of these good bench players from other teams off to help even out like the, the bottom you gotta, a Yeah, bit. you got to be able to spread out the talent versus like concentrating in like, yep. a few good teams. Because you, you, yeah. th- you would think these teams, the issue is, well, these teams don't have enough talent. It would be really yeah. competitive. Mm-hmm. I don't think the problem is that they don't have enough talent. Um for example, the Pistons have drafted Jaden Ivey, Cade Cunningham, Jalen Duran. They have James Wiseman, who was a former number one overall pick. Um, and uh, they just drafted a Sir Thompson this offseason. Um, yeah, like they're just young. Like Orzama, I forgot which one they drafted. But one of the Thompson bro- uh, twins. And they, they've got the talent. But yeah. I just don't think these players are good enough. And they're playing teams night in and night out that have deep rosters. You look at a roster, roster like the Memphis Grizzlies, who are currently... Um, at six wins because they don't have John Morant, but that team's extremely deep still. Yeah, with the players they have on, I think they're outmatched because what team, what person goes 
I'm going to go play for the tanking Detroit Pistons. If you're a bench player, that versus that offers you yeah. nothing. You want to be a Contavious Caldwell Pope where you're a role player on a championship team exactly. and people recognize you. Not, I play on the bench on a horrible team. Yeah. Like Jeremy Grant plays plays for a horrible team in Portland right now. Mm-hmm. What's that doing to his name around the NBA? Nothing. Like, sure, he's yeah. making the bag right now and people talk about it during the offseason, but no one's uttered Jeremy Grant's name since the season started. And like that might be his last contract. Then, yeah. Probably no, because then they're either he's not going to get good film because the team's terrible. And then it's like, all right, sure, you might make the bag now, but then that might be the last contract you ever get. Versus, you might take a smaller contract with a with a big name. Uh, team Bruce he, Brown's a great example. Bruce Brown popularity skyrocketed with the Nuggets. Yeah. Then he left for the Pacers this year. Yeah. But he got a big contract because it, he played his role really well in a championship mm-hmm. team. Exactly. And that's that's where I think the team the league needs to expand because mm-hmm. these bench players are wasting, not yeah. wasting their time, but they're playing like there's just guys on the Sixers I know who can go play and make these teams better. There's mm-hmm. people. All across the league, they can make these teams better, but they need that. They need more of that high-end talent spread across yeah. multiple teams, so that way it's a lot more incentivized to go to these teams because they'll be more competitive. Yeah. yeah. So if you if you're watching this and you're like the Pistons are really bad, just take into account that the Spurs and Wizards are that bad. And I do think because the Pistons and Wizards, I believe, have to play three games against each other. I think the Wizards are going to end up being have the, the worst, worst team. record record in the league. All right, because. The Wizards, the only thing they have going for them, you can go for the Pistons, you can go Cade Cunningham's playing pretty well this year. year. Um, you guys, I, I mm-hmm. named the talent on the team. The Wizards have Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma. That, <laughs> that is, that, like, those are the cookers oh, on the team. That's a nightmare. Blunt rotation. That really that's is. bad. And it's bearded Jordan oh, Poole no. too, so he's not that good. <laughs> yeah. So those are the bad teams. And then also bad team, Carolina Panthers. Which means we're going to talk about the NFL. There we go. It is time Here for the go. state of the NFL so the address. State of the union. <laughs> so we, as I mentioned earlier, we usually cover a lot of the games that have happened, but because we are recording on a Thursday, we are going to kind of cover the contenders and the controversies and our thoughts overall. The general thoughts, because we've also been gone for a little bit now, yes. and there's the NFL every single week. It's always I, again we say this every single week in our group chats that the NFL smoking crack every single week. It's always insane, and then the next week it's even more insane than the last, and then it's more insane yep. than the next week. It's it's so utterly chaotic that we kind of have to just look at what's going on with all of our teams, just like yeah, as a general. I can't cover what happened two weeks ago when we didn't record, and then cover what happened this past weekend when we didn't record. Just what is time. what are we at right now? Yes, but first things first. We need to talk about the controversial flag in the Chiefs game. Okay. Let's make something very clear. Kadarius Tony. Offsides. Offsides. Yes. Period. No no question asked. It is a foul. Is That is a foul. Strange that he was offsides multiple times before that, and they didn't throw the flag earlier. Strange. Does it really impact the play a lot? Not really. Not at all. Especially because he didn't catch it initially. He Especially because he didn't later, catch but- it. Yeah. But... Is it the right call to make? Technically, yes. Absolutely. I have a very interesting take on this. Okay, I'm ready. Once per game, I think a rule of cool should apply. (laughs) That no matter what happens, if something is really, really cool. You pick the flag up. You you pick the flag up, or if it's like, oh, he might have been in bounds, he might have been out of bounds, but it was really cool if he was in bounds, let him have it. One, not one per team, one per game. All right, whichever team does the coolest thing mm-hmm. gets it. Josh right? Jacobs is not playing tonight. Is now or not playing? Is not playing. This game is going to be terrible. It's Chargers Raiders. Yeah, it's in reference to the Chargers and Raiders game. Keith. 
Good lord. But yeah, so oh that's my god. It is technically the correct call to make. It sucks that that, that play doesn't exist because yes. it was so cool. Yes. It was so cool. If you haven't somehow seen this clip, Travis Kelsey catches a 40 ish yard pass yeah. from Patrick Mahomes. Running out run, the field. Run field. Then flips his hip like a quarterback and tosses a lateral across the field, like probably twenty yard yeah. pass on the money, on the money to Kadarius Tony, who runs in for a touchdown. That would have iced the game. Yeah, and but then no, it needs to come back because he was offsides. Mm-hmm. I mean, Agent Tony strikes again. This yep. dude is—he loves taking down contenders, whether that's the Eagles or the Chiefs. <laughs> this man destroys <laughs> these teams. I my my thing thought on this is I agree. He was offsides. I also think the refs needed to do a better job of evaluating the situation because some people, after the show, after the game, they, uh, they had an analyst come in and say, hey, we've been actually calling this a lot recently, offensive offsides. We've cracked it down. It's called been called 11 times this year as opposed to the three and two of the previous years. Eight of those have been on t- illegal tush pushes. Yeah, so, it's, so that doesn't count. They've called it three times. Twice this year. Or twice this year, yeah. Two or three times this year on people that aren't offensive linemen. And also they've called it incorrectly about six out of those eight times on the tush yes. push because they're like, Oh, well it's this person's hand and it's not. Yes. It's not like uh, whoever's hand. So we have like four, we have five or six actual offensive offsides that were called. And then most of them on linemen. Yeah. And the league is trying to say, we've actually been cracking down on this issue. It's like, and no, then, you haven't. And then the other situation of course is like, did he check in? Was there a warning? He like kind of looked over at the ref, but I don't think he gave the ref enough time to say anything if he was going to. But yes. again, if he was lined up offsides multiple times before that, why was the flag thrown or get a warning given earlier? Yep. Because like if it's that because it was equally as egregious those other times he was doing yes. it, which is strange where, where the ref didn't go up to Andy Reid and be like, hey, like your guys lining up offsides, I'm going to throw it next time. So then Andy Reid's like, hey, Tony, Take a step back, you moron. Yep. Like, look at the ball and then just take a step back. Yep. Like, that's it. That's all you need to do. Yeah. And then that would have stopped all of this. Yeah. Which is just really weird. Yeah. And then the ref's like, oh, well, if something's like that egregious, like, we don't, like, have to give out a warning because, like, you know, it's it's that egregious. But it's strange that they didn't do that. Yes. They, that, didn't, they didn't do it the whole game. And so it's just weird. So the refs, in my opinion, shouldn't have called it because there, there didn't appear to be warnings. But also... He was offside. So he was offside. Don't break the rules. Yeah, he's an idiot. Whatever. What I will say though, it hasn't been frustrating me. Is I think the Chiefs should have after the game said, "I'm sure we were shocked that it's called, that we didn't get warnings. That's a little bit obnoxious, but we move on." But this is the same Chiefs team that benefited from an extremely ticky tacky call yeah. in the Super Bowl yeah. on James Bradbury yeah. when the Eagles were likely winning, going to win that game. Yeah, if that. Play doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Gives them a first down. They go on a score a touchdown. It wins them the game. So for, a Chiefs, just team, like, for yeah. a Chiefs team who benefited last year from a call that was controversial. Especially everyone, when Patrick Mahomes was the one pointing at yeah. it. And it was like, that's a hold. <laughs> like, yes. And that's dude. where I have the slight problem yeah. With, yeah. with this all. is like, open your mouth, sure. Talk your game. But if it comes back at you, yeah. understand that last year, the whole the whole debate about the James Bradbury hold was yeah all right it was a hold by rule it was but, a ticky tack but did yeah. but did it affect the play did you yeah. really call that in the fourth quarter of a Super Bowl and that that was the dialogue we had last year mm-hmm. about the James Bradbury which hold. which is strange because there was like 
it was that happened, and then they got the no call against them the last week, um, like the pass interference call. And then Mahomes was like, "Yeah, you know, like it. We shouldn't have let it come down to that point. Like yep. he, he said the correct thing." Mm-hmm. And then the next week, the a similar situation happens where it's like, "Yeah, you know, it's just like kind of a ticky tack call." And then he loses his yeah. mind. I think I think where he lost his mind is because. And I'll give Pat the benefit of the doubt here. I really like Patrick Mahomes. I actually, he I, is. I, yeah. I often find myself rooting for the Chiefs because yeah. I like a lot of their players. I think yeah. Pat's great for the league. I like to see greatness and mm-hmm. and whatnot. But I I think he reached his breaking point this past week where he's like nobody actually thinks he's thinks he's not the best quarterback in the league still, yeah. despite the year he's having. And every his team leads leagues and drops. They're not scoring in the second half and co- constantly. They're like losing games because of the receipt. Like the because, final plays yeah. come down to missed plays with the receivers. Marcus Valdez Scantling against the Eagles. Yeah. Um, KT in the first game against uh, the Lions. Yep. They lose that game. This game, KT, KT again. again. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. these aren't, oh, things might have happened though that would have directed like the outcome of the game. This is three games that would have just, the Chiefs would just straight up would be 11 and two. This is not, yeah. this is not a saying, oh, but what if. Is a little bit bad example. What if Carson Wentz didn't get hurt? Yeah, probably still. It's not like this, like crazy hypothetical. It's not like like we need to go down a list of things. It's like no. If Marquez Valdez Scampling catches that pass, they win that game. Yes, period. If if Kadarius Tony catches the ball against the Lions, they win win the game. Yeah. If it's the same thing with actually the Alshon Jeffrey drop pass in in the Saints uh, when the Eagles played him a bunch. They were driving down the field. They were within field goal range. Like they just would have straight up won the game, assuming that they didn't miss a kind of a chip shot field goal exactly so the chiefs should be 11 and 2 and i yeah. think that's where patrick mahomes has been so frustrated i and think it's it this was less of he like because obviously he was pissed at the ref but it's more of like he's just pissed and he's trying and the reason i think he's directing it on the refs is because he can't do it he to his teammates he can't do it to his team exactly like because and that also is like i hate to be one of those guys it's like oh this is the greatness from mahomes whatever <laughs> yeah. but like that is actually okay, like Collinsworth. i know yeah i hate oh here's a guy what a pass by mahomes out of bounds <laughs> yes but like like genuinely like to have the self-restraint to not just tear Kadarius's tony clean off of his shoulders for being offsides when you are looking at the ball like yep. dude what are you doing? And in just a game that's close in the fourth quarter to not. And it's a big game too against a Bills team who you can beat. And even after all the mistakes that happened during the game. Like the context of the game is like, so high, right? The Chiefs come off a loss. The Bills need this game to stay alive. And yeah. You're in the fourth quarter and you don't even do the extra second check. Let me make sure I'm on side beforehand. And I think, again, Patrick Mahomes, he could walk into that office and just say, get him out. Get him out. Cut him. And they would. Yeah. They would. Because, like, could. I again, Chiefs fans. I don't know what you were thinking about Kadarius Tony when you were like, "Dude, we fleece the Giants." <laughs> no, I'm telling you, he's an idiot. Like he, he shows the brain of a shark. He shows flashes of being so good, and then he just does dumb. Well, he looks <laughs> like, like a shark too. He, he looks like a wizard tried to turn <laughs> a shark into a person. I swear to God, look it up. Look at one of the pictures of him smiling. It it is exactly what it is. He looks scary. He looks terrifying. But that's besides the point. <laughs> like, just Patrick Mahomes needs receiver yeah. rent. I hate to be that guy that again. I hate glazing Mahomes. He I do. But mother fine. of God, give him another receiver. He has MVS. He fine. 
No, he's, <laughs> he's clearly not. Yes, Rashid Rice, he's fine. Which, again, is funny when we talked about earlier in the yeah. year, DeAndre Hopkins being on the trade market. Why <laughs> were they not going for him? We said, hey, he might not be the same receiver Dude, he used to be, but like, this could save their season. They would be they would be unstoppable if they had if they had DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. They would genuinely be unstoppable. Like, I... Good thing he went to the Titans. Yeah, honestly, good. it's probably good for the league that he yeah. went to the Titans because they would be just stupidly good with how good that defense yeah. is. Like, oh, God. So I just wanted to talk about that. That's like a, that's on the that was level. Insane, yeah. That was a top, big topic. But now we're going to run through some of the contenders and our overall thoughts about well, their season. What you guys need to do is talk about the damn Eagles, first we'll, of all. We'll get there. We'll get okay. There. The season's okay. over. I promise we'll get there. Um, but we're going to go through the AFC first okay. with the Ravens being number one. And in the past week, they beat the Rams in overtime. And I think everybody has the same stance on the Eagles. I mean, the, not the Eagles, Ravens. the Ravens. They're a good team. Yes. They could make the Super Bowl. They could. But they consistently let teams back into games when yeah. they shouldn't be there. They do not win a lot of convincing games. Yeah. They're like, they, they're very similar to the Eagles in that way. Where yes. like they win. Besides the Lions and Seahawks games. Besides the Lions and Seahawks games where they did blow those teams out. Um, but it's just like they they win. Not I'm not trying to knock them at all, but it's just like it's never like because the Lions and Seahawks games, those were just like the Lions and Seahawks just literally just fell apart. It was like everything was going wrong. Like that's not really as convincing. And again, like the Lions game more so like, OK, well, they're a contender now, but they just completely fell apart. Like the Ravens had their number. They had them dialed. But I just I don't know what it is about this team that I just don't. We we talked about it a little bit before. I just trust. think it's star power because Lamar is amazing. Like he yes. is so. Like, he made a he, lot of big plays doing that. Big Rams plays, game. big big throws. Yeah, where I hate where people knock him for. Oh, he's just a he's just a running back. And, and then Zay Flowers drops a nice like crazy yeah, play and by then, Lamar. Then Zay, Zay Flowers does something amazing. It's like yeah, that's what happens when you get Lamar a receiver. Or then it's like, oh, well, he doesn't really throw the long ball that much. It's like, not, well, not, Brock Purdy doesn't throw a huge yeah. long ball either, but they're still really good. Like, yeah, yard after catch. It's matter. about executing the mm-hmm. scheme you have and like playing to your strengths, whatever. But I just, their defense is also like solid as a team, but they don't really have like a game wrecker on defense. Yep. Like, they don't have like a unit that I can point at. They don't have a Nick Bosa or yeah, TJ Watt. Because who... Roquan Smith is really good, but he's like, but you're, he's a good linebacker, yeah. but he's not like a Fred Warren. But also, like linebackers, just their their overall impact on the game is just not as high as it because it's not end. as much. It's not as a run heavy league. Anymore. Yes, yeah. So, so it's it's harder to have like those incredible run stopping linebackers when it's like, well, you need to be great in pass coverage. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. the, the Kyle the, Hamilton's great, but he's yes. a safety. He's a safety, so you don't really hear much about him because, like, you know, he's a his entire point is just to be in an area to prevent a pass from yep. going there, so you never hear from. him. Like I, because I think, did they get like Jason Pierre-Paul or something? I I feel oh, like the Bucks got him. Oh wait, no, 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 the, heard... he was on the Bucks. I think he went to the. I, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think I think old Seven Fingers is yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, uh, it, was, it was these. Yeah, he has. Yeah, yeah. He's got like kind of a nub here. But, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Giants legend. But yeah, I just I don't I don't know. Like they're a really good team. Yeah. Team. But do you think they can win? That's the question. I don't. I don't know. Like because I'm looking at like the AFC. Like these are all like solid teams, and like obviously the Ravens are the best. But like I, I don't think they're. I don't think the Ravens would beat the 49ers. I don't think they would beat the Eagles or the Cowboys. I don't think so. Either. I don't. No, I, I don't either. 
with with how stacked the AFC was this year, with how those teams look and how they've just been those three teams specifically have just been beating the piss. Well, 49ers beat the piss out of both of them, and the Eagles and Cowboys beat the piss out of both of each other. Yeah. But those three teams feel better to me. Yep. I don't know what it is. I agree. And it's just like I, I think the Ravens obviously could go to the Super Bowl and win it. Yeah. I only I don't think the question about the Ravens is if they could get to the Super Bowl, it's but it's just like I don't know if they, they will. I just don't know if they will. Yeah, it's just like weird because like there was think? there was the one year where they were the one seed too, and yeah. they got knocked out by Derrick Henry. Yeah, it's just like I don't know. It's I I don't know. Like you, we see this Ravens team every like, not every season, but when Lamar's healthy, yeah, the team's good. But then playoffs, anything happens like, to them. Yeah, I, and I think it's where like say the Ravens. Actually, I won't say that's going to happen because that's probably unlikely. But let's say they get the bye, and in the second round, they're playing one of the winner of. The Jaguars and the Browns. Are we going to be at all shocked if the Browns if, win? If either of those teams win, no, not really. No, like I could, I, I mean, Browns just because it's the AFC North rivalry, yep. they could just mm. beat the piss out of each other. But I mean, like Jags, like if Trevor Lawrence is on and like that defense with the other Josh Allen and like all the yes. their very solid young players like come like starts balling out, like I could see them beating the Ravens. Yeah, and I don't think it would be. It's not a stretch. No. Um, we saw like the Rams. The Rams came in, I, yeah. And I think the Rams are a good team. For I've been defending the Rams, yeah. But the Ravens off a bye at home. The yeah. Rams took them to overtime in, and in horrible weather too, yeah. which is the Ravens' bread and butter. And the Ravens had to rely on a punt return touchdown, mm-hmm. which is in cool. overtime. In overtime, and that's just not a way you want to win. Games. That's not that's a way not you a consistent exception. way to win. And yeah. especially when I see it come off of a bye week, yeah. For you to play that way, yeah. Is is not the best, but yeah. Move past the Ravens to the Dolphins. How are the Dolphins the two seed? I they're such frauds. The AFC is just a bloodbath. You have the Chiefs following the Jags. Just well, they didn't lose Trevor Lawrence, but Jags following. I mean, the Dolphins eh, give it. And what when they play some more over five hundred teams, they'll get some more losses. Are they going to play over five hundred teams? I think so. Because no, I like, they have a horrible score. They play the Cowboys, the Ravens. Oh, the they're Bills. Yeah. Okay, they're screwed. Yeah, they're they're absolutely screwed. Yeah. Um, the I mean, Chiefs' path to the second seed is still really good because again, the Dolphins probably have two more losses on their schedule. Yeah. But, well, they play the Jets, so uh, you never it, know with well, that. No, yeah, I mean, you, their defense is good. Yeah. Like you never know. Yeah, and I mean, if the Jets, the Jets are riding maybe a little bit high, that line is ten and a half, I think, for that game. But yeah, Jets are riding a little bit high. But anyway, I just think with the Dolphins, I they're frauds. They could win a playoff game, maybe. But maybe beyond, I don't. Now. I just don't see the way they string together the three wins necessary to get out of the AFC because their path to the one seed is, is really hard. They're not mm-hmm. going to get the one seed. Um, so the, their ability to win three consecutive mm-hmm. playoff games to get to the Super Bowl and then win the Super Bowl, I think there's no path. Because, I mean, at this point, I think both Tyree Kill and Chris McCaffrey have kind of cemented themselves at that, who should be the front runners for mm-hmm. MVP at this point. Because it is so blatantly obvious that Tyreek Hill is the best player on that team and has been carrying this team. Because take him out of the equation, this team doesn't know what to do. Yep. And it's like obviously your your offense is going to center around your key players and, and everything like that. But like they could not adjust. Yeah. Like it was really really hard for them to adjust against a not that good Titans yep. team, and, and that, they lost. And that's where I think everyone believes again the Dolphins aren't legit. Is let's go through the schedule real quick. They beat the Chargers by two in week one. Take it out. Week one. Yep. Um, but they get the credit for the win. Beat the Patriots. Cool. Beat the brakes off the Broncos when they were one like when they They're were terrible, on their one yeah. and five stretch. Cool. Lo- got destroyed by the Bills. Yeah. Beat the Giants. Destroyed the Giants. Destroyed the Panthers. 
lost to the Eagles, beat the Patriots, lost to the Chiefs, barely beat the Raiders, beat destroyed the Jets, destroyed the Commanders, lost to the Titans. Like, what, what do you see here? There's just losses yeah. to good teams, beating the brakes off of bad teams, and then random and then losses to bad teams. Now recently, yeah. a loss to the Titans, which is a yeah. at home must win spot. Like it's yeah. hard to say must win, but must win. They have the same record as the Ravens if they win this game. Yeah, they're tied. For they're the fighting one seed, for the ones, yeah. and they play the Ravens at the end of the year. So if you're that team, if you're that good of a team, and you have them up on your schedule, you could just this say, was supposed to be a gimme win. Yep, and now they're gonna they're playing after this Jets game this upcoming weekend they're playing the cowboys ravens and bills i am here saying they are going to lose all three of those games i yeah i, don't I can see that. that's crazy yeah I they're gonna lose happen. all three of those games and they're gonna be a potential wild card seed because i think are the bills taking the division i think the bills are gonna the win bills the division. Went out, yeah damn damn with how the bills started the fact that they have a legit shot at winning mm-hmm. this division is crazy because the bills have a seven and six record I think the Dolphins are losing the next three. They'll be seven. I think the Bills can get only one loss out, and they'll have the tiebreaker if they beat them in the last week of the year. Yep. Yeah. Um. This is this season's been of ultra bloodbath on both sides, honestly. Yeah, and like so, I think for the reasons like the AFC is a lot much stronger conference right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. And but a lot of, there's been a lot of injuries that have sure played injuries away to it. Year, yeah. The NFC though is a bloodbath because they're bad. Everyone's they're, six and yeah, seven. They're, they're there all are there are three good teams. Incredibly in top heavy. There's yes. I wouldn't even consider like. I would say the top three teams are great football teams all around. Mm-hmm. Um, Eagles, a little bit. We'll talk about them, but not playing as well yeah. recently. But then I would like if you start the Lions, I would say they're uh, above average football team. That's as far yeah. as I would go to say them. But anyway, keep going down the AFC. Jaguars. Um, they're just, oh, wait, sorry. We've met well, the Chiefs. Chiefs. I mean, um, we, we kind of talked about, about them. Talk to them. I would still say right now, if you said, Justin, you got to bet on a team to win the division or conference. I'm betting the Chiefs. Yeah. 100%. I mean, because the thing is, like, don't they have a pretty easy strength of schedule? Yes, the Chiefs are likely going to win out. I'll pull their uh, schedule up. Right so now. that's that's the thing is, like, I think the Broncos there's... might come back. Okay, but <laughs> Jesus Christ, the Chiefs end the year with the Raiders um, on Christmas. Is Christmas next Monday? Yeah. Oh wait, no, sorry. They play no. the Patriots this weekend. Yeah, Patriots. And they play the Chiefs yeah. on Christmas. They play the Bengals at home, and they end the year with the Chargers team that won't have Justin Herbert. So and we'll be playing for nothing with football. I mean, uh, with football especially, it's it's not like other sports where you know you can have like a series where like you know you kind of got to get you can yep. like you can risk like losing one maybe two games and, like kind of get into your own. You can get into like that rhythm in the playoffs, whatever. It's win and you're in, lose and you're out. Like that's it. And I think for the Chiefs, especially what happened last year, that people forget they were kind of shaky a bit last year too at yep. certain points. Not to this degree, but they got good right at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And having that momentum going into the playoffs is really, really important for teams because, like, the same thing happened with the Eagles last year. Like, they, you know, like they were dominating in games, but then they kind of went on, like, a, you know, little bit of a skid, nothing yep. too crazy. But then those last couple of games, they dominated. Mm-hmm. Well, they, that's because Hertz came back. That's because Hertz came. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like Hertz came back. They were like, all right, we are good. Yep. Our guy is back. We're going to be going to the playoffs. We're all going to be healthy. You carry that momentum in. So I think you're right in saying that if the Chiefs are able to just completely win out and just go on a tear at the end of this uh, regular season, I think they have a really good shot. At I mean, I conference. think the path for the Chiefs is still very much alive. You get the second seed. I think they will get the second seed. And then all you need is the Ravens to lose in the second round, which is very possible. Then you have a then you're hosting 
the fourth or fifth seed in the AFC, which I don't think is very good. And I think the Chiefs just go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, they're real, they're still a really good team. Their defense is legit. I think these two back-to-back losses, um, of course, it's like everyone says we're going to get better from this. But I do think after two back-to-back losses, they're going to do some different things Espe- on offense. Especially that they were very self-inflicted losses. Yes. They weren't like, oh, they got blown out by 40. It was like a dropped pass. And if a dude's a foot back, yeah. they win both. Because again, we, we said... We think the Lions, Bills, and Eagles are all good teams. Those were three games where one drop pass. Not a would have been a great catch pass. Three regular NFL catches. Yeah, per, drop change, or, either change that game or have them or a dumb offsides call. Yeah. And then they're eleven and two. And if they were eleven and two right now, they'd we, be the one seed. They would, then. and we'd be saying that they're the best team in the league, even yeah. over the 49ers, I think, because of the wins to the Eagles, Bills, and those type of wins. Exactly. So yeah. Chiefs are fine. Jaguars. Um, I think they're frisky. I think they're frisky. Again, I think kind of like the Dolphins. I think them winning three straight games to get to the Super Bowl would be re- very challenging. Yeah. I don't know if I would Especially with the health of Trevor Lawrence. Like, yeah. his knee looks interesting. I mean, you're praying to God that... His ankle. Ankle, sorry. Yeah, because he had the brace on his knee, but that yeah. Yeah, threw me off. Um, yeah, I think... Like, I mean, that team lives and dies by Trevor Lawrence, like, and by how he plays. Um, I just... I don't think they have the... They've they've shown it at times uh, that like high end offensive talent, but I think they need a true number one receiver to really start to be in that conversation because you know is it Marvin Jones um, or no Zay Jones sorry Zay Jones Zay Jones uh, Calvin, Calvin Ridley, Ridley and then Kirk hurt himself and then Kirk so, hurt himself so it's that, just that like sounds wrong Kirk got hurt Kirk got hurt yeah but um it I don't know they. Because if you look, because the Chiefs and the Jaguars are both have the same record. The Chiefs, I think, dog walk the Jags. Like, they are not at the same level. I don't level. think the, G- the Chiefs are at all concerned about playing the Jaguars in the playoffs. No, that's like that's what I'm like thinking. It's like they, because like they're tied right now. I think Chiefs have like a tiebreaker or something, whatever. But no, the Chiefs beat the Jaguars this year. Oh, they so yeah. Be, yeah. So yeah, they, they have them. But it's just like, I don't. I don't, tr- I don't know. I just don't. Because, again, I could see the Jags randomly pulling a win out of their ass. I could totally see that happening because they did last year. I could see them getting to the AFC ch- Championship game if they play again. Yeah. Just if they play, play the like, Browns in that's round one. That, I think, is their seal. Browns at home in round one. Ravens on the road in round two. Yeah. But then, do Beyond I really think that, they're going to get passed? But, they, again, they could get to the Super Bowl if, if something breaks, like the Dolphins beat the Chiefs. Somehow, and then, and then now like, it's Jaguars, yeah. Dolphins. Jaguars Dolphins in the AFC Championship game. Yeah. I might pick the Jaguars in that game, mm-hmm. but again, low room for error. I really do think, and I'll fly through some of the rest of these teams. I think the path goes through Baltimore and yeah. Kansas City, mm-hmm. but because I mean, because last three wild. Cards let's go. Let's go round like... down real quick. Browns, cool team. Do we really think Joe Flacco no. and company no. is going is to be? It'd done? be sick. It'd be awesome. It would be. And so I'm very happy cool. for Joe Flacco. Yeah, so happy for him absolutely hilarious that i think he has like the third most wins in that stadium too and he's only played there like a couple weeks that's horrible. absolutely hilarious but i mean these like last three teams like Browns, steelers colts like steelers are the biggest frauds in the league they yeah. should not be even be seven and I would, six i would say the team you don't want to see out of those is the colts 100 the colts because they've had these good wins they've been together there's been no controversy over mm-hmm. in indianapolis um, their coaching is very well on off. They're great coaching yeah. on offense. They seem like they have great chemistry with each other. Like that is that could be one of those upsets. JT is currently out. He will be back soon. He will be back. Like I think, like Browns, I could see them pulling out a win in the wild card round just because of their defense. Colts, I could see them just like coming out of nowhere. 
Um, they could be an AFC Championship team, I think. If yeah, I think I think you're right. I think both of their ceilings, I think, are AFC Championship. Beyond that, I don't think they're mm-hmm. going anywhere. Now, you think we've listed a lot of teams, which we have, but there's still <laughs> a lot of other teams that are 7-6, and six, like the Texans, the Broncos, the Bengals, and the Bills. And I will say, I am not a Bills believer. But, I have not been in the past. But However, if I am ranking teams and how likely I think they are to get to the Super Bowl, it is 1-1. The Chiefs, two, the Ravens, and three. I'm putting the Buffalo Bills. To, I can see that. they have the high end talent. because they have again. They get in. I can see them. If you're telling me I have the Dolphins and the Bills first round of the playoff, I'm straight up taking the Bills. Yeah, yeah. And the Ravens, Bills, I'm likely straight up taking the Bills. Yeah, because like I mean, again, like if because the Bills are finally starting to click. And I think that's what they needed. Now that that win over the Chiefs, I think, was really important yeah. for them going forward. Now listen, they have a horrible path to get there. They're currently they do. They they're, have a they're currently lowest on the totem pole to get into the playoffs. So right now we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So currently they are behind the Texans, Broncos, and Bengals to get that last spot. Mm-hmm. They're going to need a lot of help. Um, but there's a shot. But there's a shot. They need to win out, and they've got a tough game coming with the Cowboys. But again, I do think that this team can get in. It's a team that nobody wants to see. No. And it's even the Chiefs who have been yeah. in the Bills before the playoffs. I think the Chiefs don't want to see the Bills in the no. first round of the playoffs. Because they're just one of those teams where like now that they added like James Cook is like that out of the backfield, yep. like pass catching running back. Like they their offensive weapons when they are firing on all cylinders, when Stefan Diggs, when Gabe Davis, when whoever their number ten receiver is now, I forget what his name is, but he's been doing a really good job. Mm-hmm. He's like a rookie this year. Um, whenever those guys are humming and Josh Allen is using his legs to stretch. Josh the Allen has been playing fantastic football. He has. Since that Eagles game, yes. he's been playing great football. He has. And I think you're absolutely right. I think if they manage to, you know, find their way like backdoor into the playoffs, they could definitely be one of those teams to play spoiler. Yep. Um, if you guys were ranking the top three or four contenders in the AFC, like if you had to put your money on them to win, where would you go with that? Ravens, Chiefs, Bills. In that order? Yeah. And yeah. Dolphins. Okay. Uh, I, I would personally go Chiefs, Ravens, Bills, Jaguars, reluctant, reluctantly at four. So I think I'm going to go... I'm going Ravens, Chiefs, Jags, and right now... I will say Colts because they are currently in the playoffs. I think if the Bills end up making the playoffs, I would then go yeah. Ravens, Chiefs, Bills. Yeah, the only reason uh, I'm putting the Bills Jax. at three is because I think it's the Chiefs and Ravens to lose if mm-hmm. the Bills don't get in. Yeah. Like I, I just don't see a path for a lot yeah. of these teams. Well, because I mean, the good thing for the Bills, at least, is the Steelers will fall out of the playoffs because they are not going to win any yeah. more games. And I mean, I know why you guys put the Ravens number one. Their path is so much easier. They've like yeah. they would they would have to have a rough go at things to lose the one seed. Yeah. And it's then, I think they they've done enough to like just truly secure it as long as they win out. Yep. Which I think they can. Yep. 100%. Yep. Um moving to the NFC, lot simpler. Lot simpler. There's three teams that are good who we actually think can go to the Super Bowl. Yep. Out of that. Division. And they are uh kind of in order. Yeah. yeah. So okay, at the top 49ers, I think every, yes. everybody <laughs> yes. everybody in the NFL can agree on one thing is the 49ers are the best team in football. Yep. And it is their Super Bowl to, to lose. lose. Yep, 100%. They have the best players. Yep. And their quarterback, who's the biggest question mark on the team, is playing is, is playing good football. Yep. And he is probably right on the right, top 10 of quarterback play this year currently. Yep. And that puts him at number 1. 
Number two, I think everyone would say is the Cowboys. They straight up beat the Eagles, yep. destroyed the Eagles in the past week. And well, they've got some like worse losses on their record. Yeah. I still think they have they're to they're trending in the right track. Yeah. And like yeah. it's just like they I hate to say it. This is their year if they're gonna go to try yeah, and win If there's a, Super a year, Bowl. if there's a year, it's this year for the Cowboys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's no one really else ahead of them. But now we'll do the Eagles topic. Oh boy. Which I know Raj is waiting for. Well, because, because for those that have been listening to the podcast, right when we took our break for finals was right after the Eagles lost to the 49ers. Yes. And then that next week, uh, we, got, <laughs> lose, we got walked over by the 49ers and proceeded to get stomped on by the Cowboys. Yeah. So you guys went from, what was it? It was 10, and ten and, two. We are, we went from, from we and, are so back 10 to, and one to 10 and three. Yeah. 10 and one to 10 and three. Yep. Which I would like to say something. First of all, please stop crying. You're 10 and three. <laughs> Uh, Raj, give, give us the current vibe checks on the Eagles. Season's over. Scrap the team. Sorry, say it again. Scrap the team. Season's over. Sell the team. I'm done. Fire everyone. Trade hurts. It's over. Rebuild. Okay, okay. so that's the most sane Eagles fan right there. Yeah. So I think with the Eagles, there's a couple things going on. Number one, I think people are not valuing the role that the coordinators have lost. People loved the dog on Jan- Jonathan Gannon last year. Can we maybe acknowledge for a second? The, the defense that we're playing this year is a very similar defense with the same personnel. And, and they're substantially worse. Yeah. worse yeah. Because we lost our defensive coordinator, who everyone thinks sucks, but somehow got a head coaching job. Like, there's a reason Jonathan Gannon got a head coaching job. Yeah. And it was because he performed well with the defensive personnel that the Eagles had. Yeah. Now they lose that person, and the team looks way. Slay and Bradbury are the same exact cornerbacks that we had last year. And they're worse. And they're worse. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah. No play Slay is being put on a garbage bin outside the yeah. Eagles facility. James Bradbury looks like completely cooked, which they could have gotten worse in the Austin, but not that much worse. Mm-hmm. We lost Javon Hargrave, replaced him with Jalen Carter. Yeah, which is wash. Like, Jordan yeah. Davis should have gotten better in the offseason. Yeah. I know he got better because he's playing more snaps this year. Mm-hmm. Um, our linebacker core is is awful, but yeah. it's our linebacker core wasn't like Jesus Christ himself last year. Yeah. And then our safeties are a little bit weaker, but we also traded for Kevin Byard, yeah. who is a decent safety. So, I think our defense, if you look at personnel, I think you could consider that this defense this year is rated as highly. Gen- like, I think you genuinely have, like, you, you didn't, like, okay, at this point in the season right now where you're, where you're at. Yeah. Obviously, there were certain points in the season where the defense literally was not as good as it was uh, last year. But you were winning games. But then now it's getting to the point where it's like, look, you have, like, Jalen Carter, I'd argue, is better than Javon Hargrave. I would I would make an argument too. Yeah. Yes. Um Kevin Byard was an all pro safety out yep. of the Titans. Um, and he's better than what we had. He's mm-hmm. better than what you had last year. Well, um, we had Cindy Gardner Johnson last year. Yeah. yeah. So he was also very good. But um then you just added Shaq Leonard mm-hmm. to yep. that linebacking core. These are great players. Like, yes, you lost some guys, but you're adding incredible, legitimate all pro talent to this roster. Yep. And it's worse. Yep. Like, that's coaching. And now, Shaq Leonard, I'll give him some passes. It was his first game. But this is why I'm a little frustrated with the Eagles on the coaching front. Is just because I don't I don't think anyone thinks the secondary and the defensive personnel is great. But nobody thought it was great last year either. No. no. The Eagles' stick has been our linebackers aren't going to be great. Our safeties aren't going to be great. And sure, they've been hit by some injuries. But our pass but rush is going to be amazing. It's all these pro fo- uh, football-focused stats coming out. 
Darius Slay doesn't give up anything in coverage. James yeah. Radderberry is actually better than people think he is yeah. and, all, and all this stuff. And the team isn't producing. So, And I wanted to point to that for Jonathan Gannon. Cause again, I think people are like memeing Jonathan Gannon for his all of his stuff in the Cardinals and how the Eagles play defense in the Super Bowl. I would just like to remind people that he got the head coaching job for a reason. Yeah. And now the Eagles team, which defense is very similar to what it was last year, is now substantially worse, one of the worst defenses in the league. Number two, losing Shane Steichen on offense. The Colts yeah. are... The Colts were nobody thought the Colts would be in the playoff hunt this year. Yeah, they've been playing great football. They lost their star QB. Yeah, they drafted number one overall. The whole reason that they built the team around this Jane Steichen came with a running quarterback who has some trouble passing the ball downfield. Mm-hmm. Exactly like Jalen Hurts loses him. Gardner Minshew comes in. They're seven and six. Mm-hmm. Colts overachieving on offense. The Eagles not achieving well on offense. They look they look horrible. Now, some of that's self inflicted. Last game against the Cowboys, they're moving the ball completely fine all game. Jalen Hurts fumble, Devontae yep. Smith fumble, AJ Brown fumble. Yeah, that's the yeah, big three fumbling. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. You can't do that. Yeah. But also, there needs to be some better play calling there. We need to stop like taking downfield shots on third and fives and yeah. things like that. And Just that's stupid plays like where that. Where I go, Shane Steichen, he's having really good success. Yep. The Eagles are not right mm-hmm. now on offense. And that's where I think the coaching is really affecting them. Now I think that's I think it's solvable. Mm-hmm. Um there's some weeks left to go. They kind of had a they had a really tough schedule. Everyone said they went four and two in the last six games or whatever it was. The Eagles are fine. They went that. They only lost two of those mm-hmm. games. So they beat the Bills. They beat the Chiefs. They lost the Cowboys and 49ers. And then they there's another game that was big before that. Um, Bills. No, I said Bills. Oh, um, um, but so they're not. They're by no means is it, no not by no means is it time to press the panic button. On the Eagles. No, but, Raj, please stop <laughs> panicking for the love of God. But there's a reason to have the hand over the panic button fair. and to say the Eagles are the third best team in the NFC. Yeah. Which right. I think is a very well fair statement. Yep. But I also think it's a fair statement to say they're the third best team in the NFL. Yeah. Because I'm not confident the Ravens and the Chiefs are, are better than them at the moment. Yeah. I, so, yeah. So I need to see the improvement out of the Eagles. They've been saying constantly week in and week out because we've had a lot of bad wins this year that. Oh, we we know we need to get together. We know where we need to improve. Now I want to see it. Mm-hmm. Stop fumbling the ball. It's sloppy play. Yeah. Start being smarter on your your drives. Yeah. Um, play like a team that's supposed to be coordinated together. Mm-hmm. Like Nick Sirianni, if you need to call, call, I don't know the whole play calling breakdown. Whoever need change something with the offense. Get other let let your veterans like kind of call plays a little bit. Figure out things out. Well, there was like that one clip of like uh, Jason Kelsey like telling. Um, Jalen Hurts, like, like, no, we're not yeah. changing the play. Like, we're running this, and then it ends up being like a ten yard gain or something. Yep. Like, 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 let them cook. Like, let them get into their thing. Now they have a big game against Seattle. They've that's a, they it shouldn't won, be a big game. They haven't won fifteen games in Seattle. Seattle's meddling. If the Eagles lose that game, I'm pressing the panic button officially. That I will yeah. officially like come on here and be like, the Eagles have no chance to win the Super Bowl because you just don't, you can't lose. Yeah, two games in dominating fashion, and then win, and then lose a game to the Seahawks. Yeah. Um, but I'm not. I'm going to reserve my panic for right now. For right, now. I'm but, not. Pe- but people need to play better. And I think Jalen Hurts deserves a lot, a lot of blame. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I said on the podcast that I was nervous about his contract because he had one good year, and that year was an MVP year. Mm-hmm. But he had one good year, and we paid him a lot of money. Yep. And this year, when you lose the offensive coordinator, and they expect a little bit more out of you, your standard is not up. For example, Patrick Mahomes lost our offensive coordinator. He's not playing as well. But he's not making as many foolish mistakes yeah. as someone like Jalen Hurts is, which I wouldn't expect him. He's not Patrick, he's Patrick yeah. Mahomes, but he's fumbled in every game 
since like the Jets game or something. He's yeah. fumbled the, the football. Was it during the Cowboys or the 49ers game where he like just like stood there? And that then, was like, the 49ers game where yeah. he, he dropped back, was looking for guys, which again, receivers might not be open. There was a whole controversy coming out about our pass concepts and our yeah. route running concepts. And someone was like, guys, these are horrible. Like yeah. they're not getting open, which that might be a problem. But as the quarterback of the team, you throw, can't just throw, a ball, throw the ball away. Yeah, you like, gotta get you gotta get rid of the ball. That's, like you're you're trying to do too much. Yes. Like I understand. Like in that situation, it's like okay, you want to press the ball on the field, you want to throw it, but it's like, dude, like if you're standing there for four or five seconds, you just gotta roll out to like right or your left, just start moving somewhere and just either throw the ball, like either somebody's gonna get open or you throw it out of bounds. Yep. Because like you can't risk taking a sack in that area because I think they had to punt after that, or yep. they or they forced a field goal or something. Yeah. But like. It's just you can't have that happen. And like obviously I understand what he's trying to do. He's trying to be that guy. He's trying to like put the team on his back and really carry that offense. But like there's certain times where it's like you just gotta bite the bullet, man. You just yep. gotta like bite the bullet, throw it out of bounds, take what you can get, because you can't take a fifteen yard sack after falling over your shoelaces. Yep. Like that that just can't happen. But two embarrassments back to back. If there's anything that's gonna spark the team to start making changes that'd be beneficial, mm-hmm. it'll be that. If they win out, they will be the second seed, I think that favors really well because the Cowboys are going to probably have to play at the 49ers. Mm-hmm. If everything goes the same, um, it would be like Eagles, Lions versus 49ers, Cowboys because they're reseeding. Yep. And I think the 49ers would beat the Cowboys and then the Eagles would probably beat the Lions and they'd be in the NFC Championship mm-hmm. game. And no matter what you say, if you win the Super Bowl, if you went to the Super Bowl the one year, usually there's a lull. If you go back to the NFC Championship game, that's not a lost season. Yeah. Um, and then you're right there. If you win that game, you're back in the Super Bowl. So yeah. very much alive, but the Eagles do need to win the they need to win out. Yeah. They have a clear objective. You win out, you win the division, which is a big deal in and of itself, and then you're the second seed. Yeah. And that's that's all you have to do and all you have to focus on right now. So I think the Eagles need to show everyone that they should be feared right now. Exactly. And the 49ers can't give that up. No. And then going to the Cowboys, I think they they look like a good team. I just don't think yeah. they can beat the 49ers. Yeah, that's really about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they have the potential to. I, think I don't Ca- think they will. I think the Cowboys can win the Super Bowl if the 49ers weren't didn't exist. Yeah, like I would I would put money on it right now. The Cowboys would win the Super Bowl, but I think there's almost a zero percent chance they get through the 49ers. I've just seen They're, they just have their number. I've yeah, I've just seen it. Like they they got destroyed yeah. in the playoffs last year by them. Yep, they got destroyed in the regular season by them, mm-hmm. and even the defense. The Eagles marched on the Cowboys defense most of the game. It was the turnovers that that killed them. Yeah. Like if you take away some of the Eagles mistakes, which of course it's going to happen. Like the Eagles could have easily put up another 20 points on that offense. It would have been like a 30 point showing by the Eagles yeah. offense on that defense. So mm-hmm. I don't think the defense is all that. Then I got also have to see what a Dak and McCarthy offense looks like in the playoffs. Exactly. Well, we know what it looks like. We saw it. <sighs> yeah. We saw it after they got dog walked by the 49ers. <laughs> And then Lions. Nah. Yeah. Eh, we'll see. Yeah. Well, I think with Lions, like people drank the Kool-Aid way too early. They did. Yeah. They're, they're still, they, they have like one or two more years before they're mm-hmm. really good. I mean, they got the potential. Lost to the Bears, which the Bears are better, but lo- like recently. Bad but, loss. But not a good loss. They barely escaped that game against the, uh, well, who, well, the Bears the first time. The week before, yeah. Barely escaped the Bears. Lost to the Packers. Yeah. Barely beat... I don't remember. Oh, I forgot what team that was. They barely beat another team, and then they lost to the Bears. Yeah, I think they're they're kind of they're coming down from their peak. Yep. And you're kind of starting to see like, all right, teams are starting to figure them out. Yep. And they got the Broncos upcoming too, which is a huge game. That's a Broncos huge, is a huge game. Uh, that is actually, that is a huge game for both those teams. Vikings, I don't 
after the Vikings put up three points on the Raiders defense, they're I don't want to yeah. hear anything about the Vikings. Josh Dobbs, who was astronaut for two weeks, yeah, cooked, is no. being replaced by Nick Mullins. Yeah, and th- their season's over. And then we can talk about the NF- AFC. Isn't NFC. Justin Jefferson out again? Yeah, yeah, but he, he should be back though. Cool. Okay. Game. Okay. Um, which I that is brings the whole controversy of putting your receivers in bad positions. But we'll Whatever. move on to that, and then we'll talk about the NFC South because <sighs> again, this division, the Buccaneers, of course, beat the Falcons because why could it be simple to get a winner of that division? Now the Bucks are six and seven, the Saints are six and seven, the Falcons are six and seven, and the Panthers are irrelevant. Yep. And the Falcons are playing the Panthers, so they're going to win this week. And then the Bucks play like the Packers, and the Saints play the Giants. So who knows what will happen with that division? Mm-hmm. It's just a. I yeah. guess I'd say maybe the Saints win it, but who knows? But no, none of those teams are going to win Super Bowl. And I think the biggest sleeper right there is the Rams. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I the Rams are definitely one of those teams that like you don't want to see in the playoffs if they end up making it. Like just because they can randomly turn on like an incredible offense with Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, yeah, and who's their Kyron Williams, Kyron, Kyron Williams, dog, yeah, he, yeah, those three when they start like firing on all cylinders, Matt Stafford gets on the ball, like distributes it, like they, they can be really, really scary, mm-hmm. and their defense, like you know, is pretty solid. I mean, um, I mean, you just look at, like look at personnel, right? Look at the division. 49ers, Eagles, Cowboys, we talked about top of the division. Yeah. Otherwise, the Rams could easily, in my opinion, be the fourth best team in the conference just because there's not that much talent. There isn't. There really is not. I and mean, I mean, I would still say the Lions are above them, but I, I would probably still say that Lions are above them right now. But, but could, that could be changed, and that could they could beat them outright. Yeah, in the they, they could. They outright could. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just like the this divi- this conference is so unbelievably top heavy that it's like these last couple teams that are like going to squeak into the playoffs. It's like it. Like yeah, you look at like the Seahawks, you look at the Bucks. I mean, well, Bucks actually will just okay. outright. A great example it, but... of this is the Packers, right? Packers beat the Chiefs. Oh, and, oh and yeah. We're all like, oh my gosh, they're the Packers. The Packers time and everything like that, and they lose <laughs> yep. on Monday Night Football to the Giants. The Tommy DeVito. <laughs> like, Tommy DeVito. This is, the, this is why you can't believe the NFC. Yeah. Because teams consistently lose yeah. big games. Like the Falcons had to go beat the Buccaneers, and they would have been seven and seven. Would have been leading that division. They had a game against Panthers. Yeah. They would have been eight and seven. It's like, okay, now they've finally gotten a hold on, on the bit. Nope. They lost. They lost. Yeah. And and that, that's what's been going on. And down here, we have the Giants and the Bears looking in the background. I swear I will cancel the podcast and it's I'll delete the page. We'll never see if another episode. The Bears or the Giants make, make it the playoffs. Dude, that would be <laughs> awful. That would be such an indictment on the NFC. Being just trash. Trash oh, at the bottom for the Giants and the the, the Giants are on their third string quarterback. Yeah. And, and as you got in the cold open, run by Tommy DeVito and his mafia agent. Yeah. Yep. Like, and then the Bears lost Justin Fields for part of the year. Came back. Came back. Now they're kind of playing better. Five and eight. Like, there's no reason five and eight football teams should be alive for the playoffs. No. There are like 20 teams in the AFC that are seven and six. Yeah. Then, the, so the five and eight teams have no chance to get in. The five and eight teams are like very much alive. The Packers are six and seven on like on the outside looking at like the Saints are like, six and seven. The They're Fal- all six the Falcons, and seven. The, the Seahawks hold a playoff spot. Yeah, they are six and seven. Yeah, the, that that that's not a, that's not it okay. It's not okay. It's the the NFC teams are just letting trash into the playoffs. Okay, oh my God. if the Giants win this weekend, this will be the last thing we end on. If the Giants win this weekend, the Packers lose 
the Rams lose, they're in. Yeah. And the Seahawks lose, they're in. They're straight up holding a playoff spot or yeah. tied for the playoff spot. Yeah. Like after the, uh, obviously that the, they wouldn't clinch, but like they would be currently. They would, they would in. be actively in. And yeah. it could come on the backs of a week 17 game against the Eagles that does not matter. Which is the insane part is that. Right now, the Giants sit at like a two percent chance to make the playoffs. But if you look at the games that like they need to like win, lose, and then what teams need to win and lose, they have a legit chance at yeah, making it's the playoffs. It's alive. It's very alive. Like obviously, the Giants need to win out. Which I, I honestly, I think that Tommy DeVito is going to come back down to earth against the Saints here. Um, I don't think they're going to win, but I mean. But would we be shocked if they beat the Saints? I wouldn't be because they're six and seven. Because they're six and seven, and they're not that good. So it's like because the Giants' defense has been playing out of their mind these past couple games, and it's just like and Tommy DeVito just doesn't make stupid mistakes and just like d- distributes the ball. I think Darren Waller is coming back. Mm-hmm. Like it's they're adding more weapons. They're actually getting it to like all of their receivers now, and I think it's it is like a night and day difference for the New York Giants as to like. I don't know what was going on at the beginning of the season, but they just like they were falling apart. Yeah, and I mean, hell, at this point, keep the kid in. All right, I know we just paid Daniel Jones however much money. I still think Daniel Jones is a better quarterback yeah. than Tommy DeVito, but I mean, Tommy DeVito has like that Taylor Heineke energy, where like he's not the greatest quarterback, but he just wins. Like yeah, and he, he does. does, and it, the team's happy with him, and that's yeah. what matters. Mm-hmm. It, there's a culture there now, obviously, like the whole yeah, the whole Italian thing, which I absolutely love because growing up in North Jersey, I that, those were my friends as Giants fans. Like that, <laughs> those are your friends. Okay, I need to talk to your friends. Yeah, well, like yeah, that, yeah. I don't think you want to talk to his friends. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I, I got, got a couple of those very Italian friends, but like. I, I absolutely love it. I think it's hilarious, and I think the Giants are back to being that fun meme team out of nowhere. Um, which is better than what you were to start the year. Which was yeah. just garbage. Yeah, it was just absolute trash. I think, because, I mean, they will come back down to earth, and I am, I do hate that, you know, everybody loves saying, oh, they should have tanked, they should have tanked, they should have tanked. I understand that, but at this point, the Giants also need to build a culture again. Because if, if you make the playoffs, who yeah. cares if you didn't tank? Yeah. You're getting a you're gonna get a playoff game, which Giants are a big franchise. You're gonna get a playoff game against potentially the Eagles. Yeah. With Tommy DeVito, who's already gotten so many clicks, like that does so much more for your franchise. Like you yeah. make the, like if the the worst thing the Giants can do is keep winning and then barely miss the playoffs and then they lose and their draft. Even, pick. even then it's like it's not terrible because yes. if they're in the fight for the because if they just lose out the rest of the year, yeah, that blows. Yeah. But if they are like fighting their way and like they, you know, they just barely missed the playoffs, it's like, yeah, this blows for like this next year. We didn't get a good draft pick, but it shows a lot of fight and resolve in that franchise yeah. that I think that it hasn't been there for 10 years. Yeah. And like, I think that's really good to kind of just be in the building where it's like, yeah, we might not be the best team in the league. We're definitely and not the best what? team. And you got to go get players in you, your day ball and you said, hey, I made the playoffs last year when no one thought we could make the playoffs. And then this year we had. Our third string quarterback, we marched yeah. all the way back in and got into the playoffs. Like that that means a lot. That means a ton for the culture of the team. So, and like so yeah. here's here's the situation for the yeah. Giants. They need to they're five and eight. Yeah. They, they need, need to go, win out. They need to get eight and nine. Get to eight and nine. Yeah. They need to split with the Eagles, which I would say they're not going to split with the Eagles except for if the Cowboys lose a game and the Eagles win their next three, they can just lose to the Giants and be okay. Yeah. So they might not need to play that last game. And mm-hmm. the Giants will just go win it. Yeah. 
because it matters more. So it, they legitimately could split. Yeah. yeah. And I can promise you, if the Giants win that game, they would be the last seed in. The Eagles would want to play the Giants yeah. in the yes. first round. So, so then it's like them. they would try to tank them. Yeah. yeah. So And then they need to beat the Saints this weekend, mm-hmm. which they're underdogs, but they, I, think the Saints, they can, I think they can beat the Saints. The I think Saints they got a shot. They're not a great football team. Then they play the Eagles. They will lose on Christmas to the Eagles. They will. Yeah. And then they play the Rams at home. Now, I think the Rams are a better team. I think the Rams will be favored. 100%. The Rams are also 6-7. and seven, Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they can win They that also have had bad games in the past. I and would say there's a Eagles 40... Eagles might tank that last game. Yeah. I would say the Giants have a 40% chance of beating the Saints, and they have a 35 30% chance of beating the Rams. But there's a chance. But there's a chance, yeah. and they beat those two teams. And then the Eagles, if the Eagles win out... Now, the worst thing for the Giants would be if the Eagles lose against the Seahawks and then have to play that... Then have to play that Week 18 yeah. game. Well, yeah, yeah, play those the Week 18 game hard. But... Yeah. It, the Giants are alive. They could use some which other- is insane to think about. If you look back at the beginning of the season, where I mean, hell, you could look back at the last episode of the podcast where I screamed to stop airing Giants games because <laughs> we want to see them now. Now we want to see them because <laughs> now the Giants are alive. I, will, and- I have investment in watching the Saints. It's versus, entertaining. Saints versus Giants, which is crazy because we have said for weeks to stop airing the games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. It's it's fun being a Giants fan again because like look at this point I know they're not gonna Did you rip the contract up? Did I rip no, the contract? We did not. I, don't, I don't even know what contract we went on. <laughs> like again, I've I mean that so much, but like I, I will always be a Giants fan. I always joke about like, oh I'm signing the bet. Whatever. I'm a Giants fan through and through. But like it's fun it's fun being like, you know, it's like they're just like a feisty team. Like they yep. just like they could win, they might not because they're not that good. But a, a team that the Giants are going to have to face, and we'll end on this: a team that the Giants are going to have to face for that playoff positioning is the Seahawks. Yeah, Seahawks have Eagles, Titans, Steelers as their next three. They could very easily lose two of those to so the Steelers and the Eagles, and then the t- Titans game could be a toss up. Mm-hmm. I would I would argue that the Titans game could be a loss and the Steelers yeah. would be a toss. Kenny Pickett could be back that last that 31st week. Oh, thank God. <laughs> so, and then they end with the Cardinals, which again, the Cardinals, who knows? They could they could just play spoiler. And yeah, I mean they they have nothing to lose. They're they're going to be locked. they don't have the number 1 pick. They're not going to get the number 1 pick. Yeah, so um, the, and the, they're probably going to be essentially locked into their draft pick basically no matter what happens. Yeah. So I think this I think the Seahawks are staring at two losses, yeah. potentially three. They lose three games. They're out. They're out, and yep. that's a team that that's a position that the Giants need. So yeah. After saying for the whole season to stop airing Giants games, put them we, back on. Put them back on. We're back <laughs> because guess what? The second we actually want these Giants games to be back on, they're gonna lose horribly. We're gonna, we're gonna yep. come back here. After, we're gonna regret this. We're gonna so come back much. after this and say on the next time we record, please don't air Giants because they're gonna get blown out it's by the be, Saints on. Okay, TV. I okay. Whenever this comes out, and then you're watching the next podcast. When we open with a cold open of Tommy burnt the cutlets, oh my you God. know that I said it here. I pray to God I don't do that, but it probably will happen. <laughs> well, folks, that was an hour and 35 minutes of commercial-free podcasting. It was a great episode. I would love if there were commercials. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And then um, cover some big topics in the NBA. NFL, it'll be a fun week of football, as it always is, and chaotic. Hopefully nothing else happens in the NBA. Right. Oh, yeah. Also, side it's note, uh, uh, Shohei Otani signed a $700 he million did. contract. We didn't even talk about that. Um, uh, get, your, Soto, the Yankees. get your bag, kid. Um, $2 million a year and then a 680 direct deposit. Yep. Um, sounds, about, sounds real nice. Sounds sick to me. <laughs> That's called tax evasion, folks. All right. <laughs> this has been the Coconut Curry Podcast, and we will see you next time. I have a fun one, that am.